When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So hello and welcome to another episode of Rock and Roll. Wally, I've got you back with me as always. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Good, decent week, quiet week. So just getting on with it. Looking forward to my uh, cricket coaching course this weekend, even though I won a league title last year and wasn't qualified. I've got to do the qualifications, apparently. Uh, it's Rock and Roll, no Rock and Bowl. So I'll give a fuck about cricket. Um, I'm feeling rough as fuck still, so I'm just going to plow on as quick as we can. And then back on our show and celebrating another impressive win, which seems to fall on whenever she appears. The person happens to be involved with something Munster related in the flesh since Rob Zombie. Patricia Vieira is with us. How are you doing, Patricia? Hi, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, rough, but all right. <laughs> not if great. I, if I go mute for a little bit, it's because I'm having a coughing fit and I've tried to not let people know. Okay. <laughs> which kind of gives the game away, you know what I said at the top. <laughs> so you've been on before. But it was before we started to do getting to know you. So we're going to do a quick getting to know you. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. So we've got some quick fire questions. Just give the answer that feels right. It's either or. It's nice and simple. Are you ready? Yeah. Right. Kick us off. Simon Zebo or Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso. Good answer. Yako Johan or Johan van Graan? Uh, Yako Johan. Uh, Lion King or watching that Lions tour again? <laughs> um, the Lion King. Yes, I backed with the corner. Uh, RG Snyman or JJ Anrahan? RG Snyman. Uh, the new Munster jersey or having a new knee? Oh, well, I bought the new Monster jersey this week and I still don't have a knee, so I'll go with the Monster jersey because it's the only one I have. <laughs> and then Sean Hawley, Shane Williams, Eddie Butler, Shag Mary Kill. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I guess you have to. Sh- um, I guess you have to shag Shane Williams. So then you're, you're marrying oh, no. Sean or Eddie. 
yeah um i i don't i don't i don't really want to marry either of them to be honest can i, kill I mean, that's not an option you guys are um fine i'll marry eddie butler and kill sean holly oof i thought you'd... do you want to listen to eddie butler recite poetry for the rest of your life but do i want do to, listen to listen to sean, sean holly, holly songs? no yeah uh, his songs i mean he could he could sing you could sleep. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't really want to be involved with any of that, to be honest. <laughs> did you uh, Did you know he once coached the Lions Test starting 10? Who, Sean Holly? Yeah, did you not know? He doesn't He's like nev- to talk I've about never, it. I've never heard that mentioned anywhere. Does, does not like to talk about Daniel at all. <laughs> um, so last week as well, because we've got you on, last week we talked in depth about the Welsh regions. Mm-hmm. So now that I've got you on, I'm going to do a quick little look at Munster as well. So just three more questions there. So who do you think is going to be the key player for Munster this year? Uh, Gavin Coombs. That's my, my pick for player of the year. So I'll back I just Gavin. think, yeah, I just, especially like he's, I mean, he is replacing CJ Sander essentially. There's kind of no two ways about it now. So yeah, I think he'll be very important. Agreed. Uh, best sign-in for Munster? As in, like, ever? No, as in this season. <laughs> Who have we signed this season? Well, we haven't really done a lot. I guess Simon Zebo. But... Simon Zebo's the right answer, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean... Simon Zebo's the right answer. But RG Simon still feels like a new signing because he essentially made his debut again at the weekend, so... Yeah, uh, had his five minutes. If you'd say, if he was an Osprey saying Gareth Anderson, <laughs> I would have given it you, but he's had his five minutes. Okay, can't well then, again. yeah, Simon Zebo, definitely. Uh, and your prediction for Munster for this season? How do you think you're going to do? It feels like it has to be better now because this squad is so settled and so young, but like there's a lot of experience there despite the youth. So I just feel like even after the match, Craig Casey said on Saturday, um, we're going to win a trophy this season. Today was us starting to do that. So there you go, which I kind of hated because I was like, that's going to come back when we lose the semi-final again. Um, I, I don't I don't know if they will win a trophy. I like to think that they'll at least get to the final of a competition. I think they'll be there, thereabouts. Well, I've been saying it for, it feels like forever now. I've been saying, oh, yeah, man, so it feels like they're close. Like this could be the year. And then it's never the year. It never is. No. Um, it yeah. I don't know. I I feel like I can't ever really say. Oh yeah, of course we're going to win because that just goes against everything I believe in. Well, I think it speaks volumes that it's been Connacht's year before it's been Munster's year. Connacht's <laughs> like got to go further the, back to find the Ospreys. It's been it was the Ospreys' year more recently than it was Munster's year. Um, you know, it's it it was Benetton's year. It's been everyone's year. It has I, to be Monsters' year even now. Even the Scarlets. I, I, I was just, she was <laughs> deliberately avoiding saying that. You could see that she was deliberately trying to block that from her mind. <laughs> I just thought the Ospreys was a funnier answer than the Scarlets. That's why I said it. <laughs> well, Benetton's the, the misnomer. I said first. Benetton. I know, I know. I just didn't want to say the Scarlets because I, it's too I, don't, recognize, I don't recognize the Pro 12 as a competition. As we've talked about before, you can't just not recognise things when they start going wrong for you. Otherwise, as far as you're concerned, World Cups never get past quarterfinals. <laughs> I bought World Cup quarterfinal tickets today. That's, that's a very... <laughs> I've always said you're an optimist. <laughs> I just want to watch France. <laughs> <laughs> 
on that note, shall we dive into some news? Yeah. It's news in as much as everything's remained the same. Exit the Chiefs. We did say, I said last week, we're only going to talk about URC last week. So I listed off a big lot of stuff that Exit there had done that we weren't going to mention. And then they've still been pricks again this week, Kelsey Breeze. And so we're going to fucking dive into it. So it started off in the summer with a new mascot because they got rid of the old potentially racist mascot and replaced it with a new definitely racist mascot, just like the last one was. So we've got Tom a Hawk now, which if it's not, I, I can't even say it's doubling down now. I don't even know how many fucking double downs we've had to count up like fucking cubed or whatever the fuck we're at now. How many times they've kept doing this just seemingly shithousing. Tony Rowe just seems to be shithousing everybody. How do we feel about the new mascot first? I'm it's taking shocking. that silence as a fucking shit. Yeah, right? it's just it's just shocking, isn't it? Like, surely nobody. Well, I say nobody. Tony Rowe. Nobody is that naive to think that there's so many people being on their back about how perceived racist that club is, in the sense of like with the the name, the headdresses in camp, camp, uh, that fans wear in, obviously the mascot, etc that he hasn't actually gone, do you know what, we probably need to change something. And um, by changing something, what he's done this week is launch a shirt that's um, paying homage to the NHS after everything that they've talked about in the last couple of months in regards to COVID vaccines and stuff. You've skipped ahead. You've gone You've gone from pre-season friendly yeah, straight to a final year. I've gone in. Because I, I skipped ahead as well, because the mascot wasn't first. What was actually first was that racist photograph asking people for stewards, which was just random guy in headdress. Then it was the mascot. Then it was Tony Rowe claiming that the reason they didn't have a sponsor wasn't because they couldn't get a sponsor because they're racist and nobody wants to touch them. It was, in fact, they've got 400 sponsors. <laughs> they've got 400 sponsors just throwing money at them to be on their shirt and everywhere else. They can't wait to be on there. And they, there's money coming in left, right and centre. And that's why the new sponsor is Tony Rowe's company. Our 400 sponsors is fuck all. As I said last week, that's like one Scarlet's jersey. The 400 sponsors means fucking nothing. And then this week... They've done the NHS kit, having previously had a go at vaccinations, uh, had a go at uh, lockdowns, had a go at testing, talked about lockdowns being a big conspiracy. Next, I'm waiting for fucking Izzy Falau's Love is Love range to be launched on his fucking website because it, it, it's the most hypocritical shit I've seen in rugby for quite a while. It's fair to say nobody's happy. Thank you, Patricia. I just think. Look, anyone with two brain cells to rub together knows that the whole thing is racist. It stings from top to bottom. It's it's disgraceful. The thing that really got me, though, with the mascot was like, I, I guess like at this point, we kind of expect them to not do the right thing. Um, that's kind of the only precedent they've set. But the thing, the thing that I always sort of thought, while obviously recognizing that the whole thing is disgusting and racist, yeah. is that it almost felt like they were playing for an element of plausible deniability 
that they were like, but we always thought it wasn't, even though they like it is. It is racist. Yeah. But the replacing your racist mascot with another racist mascot, there's you can't. There's no plausible deniability there anymore. You know what you're. He knows what he's doing. It seemed to be deliberately. That's what it. That's what it felt like, and I and that was that that surprised me more than the just the fact that the thing was racist. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. like I wasn't surprised that they did something else. You know, shit and racist. It just, it was. Re- it actually really shocked me that they, that they're so they're so being so blatant about it. They're like, oh, you know, it felt like a bit of a fuck you. They were like, yeah, well, we had to get rid of this mascot, but we're gonna bring in this one now. So what are yeah. you gonna do about that? So I, I, it was, it blew, it blew my mind. Yeah, I completely agree, and that, that's why it seems deliberately provocative. Yeah, to have to have done that as that launch and go right because they could have done anything, they could have had anything, but to do it and deliberately give her a name that played that was. Yeah, the name and everything. Why couldn't your mascot just be a bird? Yeah, it it. Ah. Call it Jared Jerry or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. Give it just give it a random name. Like, it doesn't. <laughs> Jerry is a very random name. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to give it a racist name. Not I mean, everything has to be racist. They're from Exeter, and it was a bit. They could have gone for Eddie the Exeter Eagle, Eddie Eagle, and they were sorted. If they really, yeah. if they'd already bought the bird costume, and they were married to it, and money's tight, despite the four hundred sponsors coming in, you don't want to buy another it, mascot. I'm, they could have named it Tony Hawk. Everyone loves Tony Hawk. Go. There we yeah. go. And it's and you could say, oh, we've named it after Tony Rowe, which is shit. But then you've also named it after Tony Hawk, which is everyone loves Tony Hawk. There we go. It's- so it, it it didn't have to. They didn't have to go the racist route. It felt like it, a very deliberate choice. And the other I- thing I picked up last week when they put that when he put that press release out was as well was I don't know if you saw it, but he referred every single time to Exeter as Exeter Rugby Club. At no point did he range them as extra chiefs. However, on if you imagine it was headed paper on the very top and very bottom of the press release, it had the massive extra chiefs badge. But he referred to them in the actual press release as extra rugby club. If that's the case, why haven't they just dropped the chiefs? Well, they are sort of companies out there extra rugby. They're not extra chiefs because obviously chiefs is just the main team. So I think as well it was to give a little bit more credibility to the we've got four hundred sponsors, which is still bollocks. But to go, yeah, okay, but spread over your your main men's team, mm-hmm. your A team, your women's team, your youth teams, your academies. So maybe together they've got quite a few sponsors. Mm. I'm still calling bullshit on 400. 400 feels like way too many. I can't yeah. even, like, can you even name 400 businesses? Are there even 400 businesses? Like, Well, if they've got 400 businesses trying to sponsor them, why is their main sponsor one that doesn't actually exist yet? <laughs> They're sponsored by a patch of land. Like, there's <laughs> fuck all there. Oh, if I was going to pick a sponsor out of the 400 that would, would <laughs> throw in money at me, I'd pick one that you could at least fucking visit. <laughs> and that isn't involved in using at, your own money. Yeah, just a patch of mud on fucking Google Maps. What I don't understand as well is that if they were just going to be sponsored by a field that Tony Rowe owns, why didn't they sort that out before the season started instead of starting with a shirt with no sponsor on it and looking a bit stupid and then being like, oh, we're unveiling our new sponsor. It's a field. Uh, Look, this is just a negative. 
This is just a negative media report. People are coming forward with their negativity and Tony Rowe will not stand for it. No, it's all because of 5G. They're blaming 5G. It's 5G's fault that they didn't get a sponsor in the summer. It's nobody else's. It's just 5G. I hope, because... I hope there's a telephone mast in the field. <laughs> maybe that maybe it's because he's so afraid of 5G. He travelled somewhere and just all these messages just came through when he picked up <laughs> Wi-Fi. Fucking 400 messages asking to be the main sponsor. And he's like, shit, we've just done it with our field. <laughs> just signed the agreement. <laughs> anyway, we'll leave that there for Exeter. So another week, Exeter are still twats. But at least now as well, they're twats who can't win a game. So if you start losing games and you still got this racist edge to you, I think the sponsors are going to dry up even quicker. So mm-hmm. do the right thing. Come on. It's the right time. Well, it's the right time about fucking five years ago, but it's definitely <laughs> the right time now. Uh, speaking of people with uh, undertones of racism, <laughs> everyone's favourite star of I Was a Teenage Racist and the rest of the Argentinian rugby team caught in bother the past two weeks. Because, first of all, they were left out of the captain's photos. And now six players have been banned from playing in this week's rugby championship because they went on a different trip instead. The captain's photo thing, right? Obviously, that's a bit of a disgrace. And it was it was a howling oversight and, they, and it shouldn't have happened, whatever. But what I thought was really funny was the when they did the press release, it was like it was only supposed to be a New Zealand and South Africa thing for the 100th meeting between the two teams, this historic thing. So it was meant to be um, Ardi Savea and Sia Khaleesi, and that was it. And then they were like, essentially, yeah, but we invited Michael Hooper because he's really nice and everyone likes him. So we just let him come and stand in the picture as well. And then they didn't just didn't think to, they didn't think that would look bad. That was what I thought was funny about it. Like you, me and Dupree. Like, yeah, just, just, just love having Michael Hooper around. He's just stood there. There's like a gap in the folder. He's just, Michael Hooper is just stood there, like just smiling. It's not even meant to be his photo, but he's just there because he's Michael Hooper and everyone loves him. <laughs> like taking your best friend on honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then your other friends are, why didn't I come? Well, you know, it, it was meant to be a honeymoon, <laughs> but he, he was free. The thing with them getting what they can't get back into Queensland now to play this weekend <laughs> like I'm not being fu- this coronavirus thing is not new like <laughs> I just think that if you're gonna leave the place where you are maybe you should check what you need to do to be able to get back if you need to get back I just feel like why aren't you just right what if, you know what do I need to bring you know I have my I have my wallet I have my you know my passport I have whatever I need oh do I need some documents maybe to get back into this place. Maybe I should check that before I leave the week of a game. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, I went to a gig a couple of weeks back and I checked my email at least 15 times to go, am I definitely going to be allowed into this gig? I've been double jabbed. I've not been anywhere. Is there anything else I'm going to do? I need a mask. Do I normally need a mask? Like, I must I, have read the what do I need to do to get to Thorman Park thing a hundred times before Saturday, even though I knew what I needed to do. I had everything with me. I'd packed the car the day before. I, I knew everything I needed to bring, but even still on the day and on the way on the drive up to get my friends, I was like, do I have everything? I was asking my friends, do you have everything? Do, do we think we need anything we don't have? How do you how do you go? Yeah, we have a game this weekend. We're going to go wherever they went. Let's just not check what we need to get back. 
Do you know who think would be even more clued up on this is a team who've had to travel halfway across halfway the fucking the world, world yes. to be involved in this. And who last year were putting out videos of them training in hotel rooms and throwing balls at their father on a fucking rooftop because they, they couldn't go out and the, train. They also did the travelling across the world thing last year. Yeah. They did it for the rugby championship last year. Yeah. They did it again this year. Why don't you just check what letter you need to bring to say, yeah, I'm with the Argentinian rugby team. I'm allowed to be here, even though it's on lockdown. Let me in. Like, why didn't you bring that before well, you left? Well, remember a month ago as well, when like Australia and New Zealand weren't letting each other in and the old rugby championship nearly collapsed. And then like the old of Argentinian rugby was shitting themselves because they kind of need the money. You think something would have clicked it. They go... Possibly shouldn't be doing this, boys. It smacks a lot. Gonna, they're just going to play without those players now, aren't they? Though they're still, yeah. they still are able to feel the team. Where were they going? Uh, to a beach. Yeah, Byron Bay. Bay. I think they were Maybe going. Go after the game. Go next week. I think they've gone out looking for the other three captains and a photographer. <laughs> see if they get material involved somehow. We heard Michael Hooper was here somewhere. We need to go and find him. They just wanted to see Michael Hooper. I don't actually. I don't blame them anymore. It was fine. Yeah, actually, it all fine. makes sense. It's, it's utterly bizarre. Like I can't get my fucking head around. It's been eighteen why. months. Just yeah. fucking check what you need to do before you leave. But then again, I say that one of the the main people in this also forgot to check his Twitter for things he might have wrote when he was 18. So maybe intelligence isn't the the, the forty there. But it'll be fun. And at least they've got off easier than uh, those Barbarians players did who stuck out for an Italian and a few drinks. It still maybe, makes me uh, laugh that Fergus McFadden was one of those players. <laughs> it's just so funny. Uh, it's Chris Robshaw. Like, <laughs> It was the, the perfect end to his career was that his final game at Twickenham somehow got fucked up. If that doesn't sum up Chris Robshaw's whole career, <laughs> I don't know what does. He was finally going to get to play without James Haskell and then it all got ruined. <laughs> and it finally, it was always the right choice because you play, you know, the Barbarians always go for the corner, don't go for the posts. It would have been the <laughs> one time Robshaw would have been let off regardless of the scoreline. If he had gone to the corner and he fucked Very it. good. Very good. Uh well, uh news out of the uh the Welsh women's camp as well in regards to the coaches uh replacing Abrahams. Yes, yeah, uh, so a little look. Yeah, so there's two coaches I think mainly gonna be there to, to look after it. Um obviously Garrett Lewis and Joan Cunningham. Um they're gonna look after it, but again it's just interim, so they're not officially classed as the coach, the official coaches yet. Um the, uh, the uh, WIU obviously have gone in there as well. So Nigel Walker and uh, is it Steve Phillips have gone in and had conversations with the, with the women as well and just basically apologised for how shit it's been. Um, have made promises as well that obviously this, they're going to look to make drastic changes and, and try and make the conditions and stuff better for the women. I think I was chatting um, a couple of weeks ago to somebody else and it's like, it was somebody from up here that doesn't really know much about women's rugby or especially Welsh women's rugby and like, they couldn't believe it when I said that there's an international team had gone to play France last year. The game finished at half past 10 at night, UK time, and they were on a flight at half six in the morning to come back um, because that's what had been booked by the WIU because of like the cost. And yeah. like it's just just ridiculous. But oh, hopefully, obviously, the changes that Nigel Walker and Garrett Lewis are going to bring in now, fingers crossed, will, will, will obviously make a massive change. 
it's been going to be big steps, obviously, because we're going to be still well behind the likes of France and England when it comes to professionalism and stuff. But um, hopefully, any any positive changes will make a big impact further down the line. It's not, probably not going to be this generation now, but maybe one in sort of ten years' time or so will, will reap the benefits. Yeah, I, when the annual report came out, I was a bit disappointed with the way uh, it was addressed the women's game because they did a write up on every section. And then you had the, the seniors, the youth, the community game, and something else. So maybe even fans mm. who all had much bigger write-ups than the women's game. Now, I know the women haven't perhaps had a, a great year that you want to reflect on positively, which is all the WRU was doing, by the way, not the players or the coaches themselves. Yeah. But it deserved more. Like As well, mm. if you, you've got, we're putting these plans in place, then let's have a bit of positivity in that. Let's have a, a bit more talk of that. There was a few lines like thrown away about, well, this is, well, you know, in the future we'll do things differently. Well, you know, this, it was just already looked like it was tacked on rather than anything else. Like the, the right for the men's was massive. Mm-hmm. And then it was a few paragraphs of the women. I thought that was a bit, a bit shit. There's no nice way of saying it, it was a bit shit. Um, and then obviously the, the Jazz Joyce, uh, tweets and statements that came out that she's having to go back to work because uh, Team GB funding has ended now and obviously with the, the cutting funding, the little funding that WIU was given anyway because of Corona it really hits home Yeah, I don't claim to understand the ins and outs of the funding and the and, and all of it Like, it, I don't understand a lot of it but I don't what I really can't wrap my head around is how some of the best rugby players in the world can end up in that position yeah. Like, she is one of the best rugby players in the world, full stop. There's not many more exciting players either at the moment. No. Like, everything she does has been phenomenal. I mean, two, I mean, pro- arguably the, and I like, obviously I'm going to talk about Monster Leisure and that was very exciting, but two of the most exciting players for me to watch are Jazz Joyce and Bavin Parsons. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Bavin Parsons is 19, it's different, you know, she's like, she just finished school and it is, it's different in Ireland, but obviously they had their own, they didn't qualify for the world cup, which is its own thing. Um, But like the fact that jazz Joyce has to go and get a full-time job now, her, I mean, her full-time job should be playing rugby, like full, yeah. kind of end of story. Mm. Well, like the two things that have gone viral over the past couple of weeks have both been jazz Joyce. Yeah. yeah. And to think that someone's doing that on, it, on the, the biggest stage and then having to go back to work on Monday is, is it's crazy. It's, it's mm-hmm. mental. Well, GB won the last two tournaments in the last two weeks. She's got a hat trick in both finals, and I know she, I don't know if it was the player of the match or if it was player of the tournament, but she definitely won an award at the end of the game for both. In both, she was yeah. player of the match for the final. I know that. Yeah. Yes. Of the tournament. But yeah, she now she's going back to what would be a semi-professional, maybe even amateur player, if you want to call it that. So because she's got to work full time and then obviously we'll just play at weekends or wherever wherever she's gonna be playing imagine if you showed up to your amateur weekend women's game and jazz joyce was on the other team you just oh for fuck's sake <laughs> like that um that game down in west wales of the weekend and frank's turned up to play yeah yeah, and yeah. Went, i'll we'll put him in the back row to give you more of a chance yeah like, we, won't, we won't have him scrimmaging we'll just check him we'll check my blind side just it's for fitness, the, it's the fact that you can show up to your, you know, your weekend league, your casual league, and be playing against a player like Jazz Joyce. That's just so ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely crazy. I, I, I... Anyway, 
it feels like we're banging our head against a brick wall at the minute with the, the yeah. women's game. And so hopefully the WRU come through with this and they do put proper funding in and the funding doesn't just all go to a fucking hotel on Westgate Street. Like, as fantastic as a business venture as I'm sure that is, if we could just get the community game and the women's game right first and then the regions and then we can move on with building luxury spa hotels for pissed up people in daffodil hats. Anyway, that's enough of the news. The big thing that happened this week that I've been excited for for far too long now, we finally got our first games of URC. It's finally underway. It didn't disappoint. A good weekend. It was a brilliant weekend. What a weekend. And what I, what, I will, what I will say, though, I think, look, and we've all done it as well, people kind of do like to be a little bit down on the Pro 14. There there will have been weekends in the Pro 14 where every game was good. It wasn't a good weekend just because the competition has a new name now. No, it wasn't. But it was, a very, it was a very good weekend. Yeah. Uh, it was the perfect start to a new product. Yeah, absolutely. Every right. every Even the games that weren't close, every game was good. Every game yeah. was good in its own way. Well, like, there would be nothing worse than if they built this new product up. And then two of the games on Friday had ended 6-3 and 9-3 or something. Like that. Exactly it would have been insane. funny, though. It would have been kind of funny. Even the Not Blues looked great. <laughs> it was it was unbelievable. We'll move on to that now. We'll start off where we should start off. Because I don't know anyone who's been more excited to get back in a stadium. So, Patricia, my, my second team derby, Munster v Sharks, you yeah. were there. How did it there. feel? It was, it was, oh, it was unreal. It was just incredible. Even just driving up to the stadium, I was just, took my breath away. I And I kind of, not that I wasn't expecting it because it had been a long time. I haven't been before last weekend. I hadn't been since December, 2019. Um, That's a long time. And it's not that I wasn't expecting to be a bit overwhelmed and very excited, but I, I, I wasn't expecting to feel like I did. Um, just even everything, just walking in, hearing hearing it as it filled up, it was very loud. Um, and yeah, it was just oh, it was just magic. Just, everything about being back was just it was perfect, and it was the weather was nice, which for Limerick is what you know one in one in every four hundred days you'll get a day where it doesn't rain, and that was last Saturday. Um, it was only half full because of uh, COVID. We can only have half stadiums over here. And it was loud. It was very loud. And yeah, it was just, it just felt so good. It just felt so good. I went with two of my friends, um, one of whom is is a Leinster fan, but she's like quite into rugby. So she, you know, she's been to Thorn Park with me before. I've been yeah. to Leinster games with her that I haven't enjoyed um, because they've <laughs> just been very boring to watch. Um, I mean, you did enjoy it when Johan Uge took his shorts off. I'm, I'm led to believe, as we all enjoyed. Johan I was, well, I went, off. yeah, I went with my dad. That was, with, I was with my dad that day. Um, <laughs> Slightly more awkward. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, and then my other friend who came with us is not like I wouldn't even think that she's a casual rugby watcher. She would watch the odd little bit if it's on, you know, in the Six Nations or whatever. Yeah. Um, but she kind of just came like for the day out. And she was, she knew Simon Zebo and she knew 
Joy Carberry's name. And then when we pointed him out, like she recognized Joy Carberry. Um, and Munster were warming up in front of us uh, when we filed into the terrace and she was asking, you know, who's he, who's he? Like just everyone. Um, she want, wanted to know like who's who's who. And I was saying like that guy there, that's Gavin Coombs. He's, you know, watch him. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, or she was like, she was a big fan of Craig Casey warming up. So, oh, you know, who's the little lad? He looks, he looks cool, all this. Um, <laughs> she was just kind of soaking it in. And then RG Simon comes out to warm up. And she went, uh, who's that? And I said, oh, that's RG Simon. And I had been telling her about him and how he'd been out for so long and all of this. And it's his first game back. Very exciting. And she went, oh, that's the guy you were telling me about in the week. I said, yeah. And she went, I would let him fuck me up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the whole match, she was, when's RG coming on? I can't wait to see RG. When's he coming on? Um, she's going, we're going back again this weekend for the Stormers game. <laughs> Um, we well, we'd bought the tickets beforehand. We'd bought the tickets beforehand, but we're going back this weekend. And she went and bought a monster jersey uh, this week because she's so excited to go back this weekend. And the whole week, I can't wait to see RG again on Saturday. The whole week has <laughs> been RG Simon, nothing but RG Simon ever. Like it was just, it was just great. Everything about the day was just, was just perfect. And obviously, then it was a good game as well. So. That's what I'm like when Damien Dialende plays for Munster, to be fair. So. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, you with Damien Dialende, that's what she was like with RG Snyman. So, two of the people who came up earlier and came up in the story as well, Zebo, Gavin Coombs, as you'd expect, both had, like, that's a pretty good return for fans back in the stadium. Those two played very well. It couldn't have been more. It was like someone scripted that start for Zebo, especially yeah. like, it, you know, it's his first match back in in a long time. One of the last matches I went to was when he came to Thoman Park with Racing and he got a really great reception that day. That, you know, there was the Zebo chant was coming out and he's playing for the opposition. Um, so everyone was obviously very excited to have him back. Um yeah, and it, he scored. It was funny because we were um we were behind the posts. Uh, so in the first half, they were, Munster were playing away from us. Um, so he got that ball. And because, you know, when you're in the stadium, we had no real concept of how close he was to the touchline or how close the defenders were to him. So we yeah. were like, we I just assumed someone was going to get him. Um, and then I watched the game back on Sunday morning and I just, he was there was no one anywhere near him. Yeah, he was gone. <laughs> he was gone. And uh, and I watched it on, on RTE Um back on Sunday morning and the RTE commentary had literally just finished. Donald Lenehan said something along the lines of, um, you know, Zebo's back, obviously very exciting. Um, you know, when he was in France, uh, I guess you could say conditioning wasn't at the top of his priority list. And then he went, and then he said, he looks, he looks like he's leaned out a little bit though for this season, or maybe he's just gotten a bigger jersey. And then he got the ball and smoked everyone and ran down and scored. And commentary were just like, oh, what a great comeback for Simon. What? You were just taking the piss out of him 12 seconds ago. Um, Two yeah, things on that. I don't think I've ever seen Simon Zebo out of shape. I've never looked at Simon Zebo's <laughs> fabric. Right? And then second of all, who's ever gone to France and come back <laughs> less fit? Exactly. I mean... Even when Bernard Jackman hasn't stopped you having dessert, <laughs> when you're in France, generally players come back peak fitness. Like maybe more injured, but always physically fitter. I think he probably did pull on a 
little bit of weight when he was down there, but he never looked unfit when he played for Rossi. No. He played the best rugby of his career when he was there. And he's, I mean, I, I want him to carry that form back. It, it looks like he has the way he started off. I thought he played very well. There was one point in the second half where Munster didn't score and he had about 18 miles of space out on his own. And it was in front of us. And we were just screaming, like, just, just fucking just give him the ball. Just give, like, just I don't think you could see it on the telly. But honestly, he was in a different parish to the rest of the players. Like, he was so out on his own. Um, and yeah, he, I thought he played very well. Gavin Coombs, obviously. It, I said to the girls before the match, I said, watch now. He'll score at least once. And the girls were like, oh, how do you know? You can't know that someone's going to score before. And I said, he's going to score at least once. And then he scores. You say that before every game. Yeah, and he scores in every game. I'm never wrong. <laughs> I'm never wrong when I say it. Even if he's not playing. Even he's if he's not playing. Yeah. yeah um, I, he was, obviously, he was brilliant. Craig Casey played very well. Uh, I thought, I mean, Munster played well. They didn't look like they were trying too hard, but they, I mean, it was, a, you know, it was the first game of the season. It was, there were bits and pieces that weren't, obviously, that sharp. But, um no, I thought overall they played very well. Well, Coombs played well, Zebo played well, Casey played well. It was like Patricia Vieira's greatest hits. It was, <laughs> and Conway uh, played well. Conway played well. And Conway played well. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> yeah, I, I, if I could have handpicked four players to have really good games, it would yeah. have been those four. So it feels like you've been saying for years this was going to happen. It just all came together for that game. Yeah, it's very, very like. 2015 throwback having Conway and Zebo on the wings though and they are both like unrecognizable how much better they are from when they from what they were back then but it's very like it's it's very it feels, feels very vintage if they put Keith Earls in that back three with the two of them this weekend <laughs> like what year is it but the three of them are they're so much better now um but it's it, it is funny that it's kind of a bit of a vintage feel now with Zebo coming back that's rugby all over now because Quade Cooper was superb for us. And James O'Connor yeah. as well. James O'Connor come off to replace him, <laughs> came on to replace him. Uh, Foxy and Scott Williams partnered uh, in the centre for Scarlet. Reese Priestland's back playing in Wales. For a short period, I'll grant you, but he's back playing now. It's, it is that rugby's just gone full circle. My dad so, texted my dad texted me when uh, when James O'Connor came on for Australia and just said, uh, "Quade Cooper and James O'Connor, what the fuck is it? Is this two thousand and eight? Well, I just <laughs> I like, to no. that, uh, Dave Rennie's named thirty eight year old Greg Holmes yeah. on the bench on Saturday. His first game since two thousand and sixteen. Rugby's just gone. Look, maybe people are right. Maybe it did used to be better. So let's just <laughs> go back to then." Yeah, I don't mind it. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't like. I love what I loved watching Simon Zebo play for Munster again. I thought it was brilliant. So, well, I did see one player coming back. Lasted, I think, thirty seconds. We'll see a lot more of him this year, but mm-hmm. Reese Priestland. But other than outside half, a pretty good night for for the the rugby's. Yeah, we we even got a fifty twenty two that led to a try. You did. I, I'm angry about 50-22. So I mean, I think the they're terrible, but we scored a try from one, so yeah, crack on. I, don't I just think wanted to see one. I really wanted to see one. And when Ben Healy came on, I was like, lads, he will absolutely destroy a 50-22. It's made for him. And then he just didn't do one. He didn't even attempt one. And I was just like, please, just do one. I just want to well, see one. I don't really care about the rule. 
I like I'm not that interested in what it does or doesn't do. I just want I just kind of want to see one. Well, I, I quite like it. I think it's quite interesting. I, I, I but I'm a, I watch a lot of rugby league as well. So I was I, I'm I don't mind it because I feel like it's something that Monster could use really well this season. But if someone does it against Monster, I'm gonna be like, oh, this is fucking stupid. And they get the line out now, they're definitely <laughs> gonna score. Like, it, it, I think it goes both ways. Right. Well, we, we're talking well, about rugby back in the day. Imagine how many 50-22s they would have got with Roger 10. Oh, it would have, they would have never lost a game. They would have literally won every single week. And they won quite a lot of games back then. Uh, in that peak, like Ronan O'Gara time, but if he if he'd been doing fifty twenty twos, it, it would have actually been unfair. They probably would have had to say this rule is in place for everyone except Ronan O'Gara because it's just unfair. Well, we're talking about the um, it being on the wrong end. A few weeks back, my team, my local team that I, I, I as I play for, I'm still registered for, and I train occasionally. <laughs> Neutrally, I played Wally's team, Rumney, yeah. top of Valley, local derby. Uh Rumney kicked a 50-22, supposedly, despite the fact it went out on the full. And as the line-out was being set up, the ref said, uh, uh, and it's it's outside the 22, Nutriga. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean the ball's outside the 22? You've just given a 50-22. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm still angry at that one. But and, and, and just remind me, we won, yeah? You did, yeah. It, it, it's... But rugby isn't like it used to be. It wasn't like <laughs> by the time we got it? halfway through the second half, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> I've never seen so many. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, so yeah, a good good result all in all for the Blues. But lost Priestland after thirty seconds. Yeah. Lost Jared not long after. Yeah. But it's fine. We got we got international wing Lloyd Williams playing at ten. It's fine. Scrum half wing. Outside half. And which was quite apt as well because it happened on Friday, which was, and then on Sunday was the six year anniversary since the Mike Brown day, as I put it on Twitter, that Lloyd yeah, Williams was heavily involved in. Well, I've, my, I'm probably, we'll do our proper opinions later and one day I'll do mine about that try. Um, for all the stick I've given Lloyd Williams about his quality at nine. Mm. He's a decent 10, didn't he? He made a decent 10. <laughs> yeah, he's a decent 10, is It's actually one of my wankers of the week for Di Young. We're not having a third fly off on the bench. But then again, I, I should probably take that away because Lloyd was class. Yeah, it was it was really bizarre because as he was and it was one of those ones where like, you know, I've got this kind of love-hate relationship with with the Cardiff based rugby team, mostly because I quite like the team and I've met quite a few of the players socially, and most of them I like. And, and some of them I like a lot, and then in about half of the fan base I like, and then half the fan base, which half? I stab myself in the eye with a spoke. Yeah, yeah, North Stand or South Stand. <laughs> I'm not going to do that debate. Um, the ones he's friends with, or the ones he's not friends with. So it was kind of one of those ones where I was like, I really don't want. I obviously really didn't want it, those players to get injured as well. Mm. I love Priestland. But then it was kind of a, but it is a little bit funny. That they, but they coped so well. In fact, you you almost look better after. I it didn't happened. watch. I didn't watch the. I watched the uh, Ulster versus Glasgow game instead at the same time, and I was kind of like trying to flick. But I find like when you flick, then you just miss everything in both games. So I was watching the Ulster game, and someone said Lloyd Williams is playing a ten. And like I, I mean, I thought it was a piss take. I was like, but that's someone's doing like a play on him being a winger which I always find funny every time someone says Lloyd Williams international winger I just find it really funny um 
and I was like oh surely not and then I when I flicked over and I saw it I was like okay so surely Connacht are going to win this fairly handy if Lloyd Williams is playing 10 and then I saw it at the end obviously and they hadn't won and I thought fair play I the Cardiff are they just Cardiff what are they now the Cardiff like I don't know the the Um, artists formerly known as the Blues (laughs) because I was I was about to say the Blues are one of my favorite teams to watch I, I just I think they're so fun um when like when they're attacking they scare the shit out of me every time they're playing against monster they were i i love watching them play i think they're brilliant um and but like them against connacht felt like you know two kind of very similar teams i don't know i don't know what the game was like i I didn't watch it i watched the other one but it was very good it was a very good game there was lots of attacking play it was quite open Lots of scores. It was. I really enjoyed. I genuinely enjoyed it. I missed the the earlier game, the uh, zebra game. The zebra game. I watched the first half. Thirty eight nil to the Lions at half time. I went. Oh, do you know what? I actually don't have time because I want to watch the Ulster game and I needed to have a shower. So I said, right, I'll go for a shower. It's thirty eight nil. I came back down like halfway through the second half. Zebra are mounting a comeback. I was like, uh, what's going on? Why, why do zebra have like twenty odd points now? Um, that game was that game was good, even though it was. It kind of never, it didn't feel like Zebra were actually going to come back and win, but it was, you know, they gave it a good yeah. go. And well, I was keeping a track of the scores because I didn't see them. I was like, oh, yeah, there's, oh there's, a, there's another one. Shit, there's been another track. <laughs> and I was like, this, this, what, why did I not watch this? Why did I, why did I choose? Yeah, it was, a fu- it was a fun game. The Ulster game was very good, Ulster Glasgow. Um, I thought that one was good as well. It was, there was every, a lot of high scoring games this weekend. Yeah. Everyone was in the mood to score tries. I, I didn't over, see the Leinster game. Um, I'm assuming it was boring just because it, like, it was Leinster. Leinster. Um, but I didn't see it. I was, I was driving down to Limerick. But, um, well, we had over they, 50 yeah. tries and, and over 400 points this weekend. So that's not a bad first That seems weekend. like a lot. It seems yeah, like it's absolutely the, bonkers. I don't think the Pro 14 had that many tries in like a season. <laughs> <laughs> um, what also good for, for the Blues? It's not intentional. The Blues, I thought Owen Lane, who I've professed my love for already, a brilliant guy and a fantastic player. And I thought Thomas Williams, when when he came off the bench, looked exceptional as well. He looked very good. I think Thomas being as playing as well as he did on Friday night allowed Lloyd to play play at nine, play at ten. Sorry, I think it gave him the platform. And, And surprisingly, even though I mentioned it last week. We actually did quite well in the forwards. Like I know that, like I said, with the back row was normally decent, but our front five actually fronted up. Like, and I know there's going to be stronger forward packs they play against the rest of the season, but it, we actually were able to give a platform. Um, whether that was because it's the first game at home, it's a Friday night in Cardiff, there's a crowd there, they've played a lot better, I don't know. But um, And obviously the adversity of losing the two tens and stuff, maybe they've just gone like, let's knuckle down and actually play decent instead of shit for a change. But... Um, no, I, I was actually shocked that we won the game, to be honest, because I was obviously wrote us off last last week and said that we'll be in the bottom Welsh region, which is still standby. But um, yeah, I was quite impressed with the, with the victory on Friday night. Well, looking at our predictions then from last week, yeah. I said that Scarlet's potential, I didn't think we'd, we'd be the best Welsh region. I was worried that we would massively underperform. I said that we, we look good in attack and we can't defend. And I, I was worried about the breakdown. Yeah. 
I think I fucking nailed it after the first week. <laughs> after one you... week, I'm now even more worried about our season. I definitely don't think we're going to win it. We do have issues at the breakdown. We look great at times in the attack, and the defence is fucking shocking. With that statement, mate, I think you should be taking Sean Holly's job, to be honest. Well, look, Sean follows me on Twitter, so I'm not going to be too nasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like in attack, we look good. We, we created chances. We blew a few. We crossed line far more times than we actually got awarded tries we looked really good and I'd say that that old man centre partnership of, of Foxy and Scott Williams that I was really excited for didn't, really didn't win though right didn't yeah. win didn't that, win. I wasn't I wasn't having a dig I just I, uh, I could tell I by your face that that wasn't a, no I hadn't was... registered the score of that game it was just one of the ones I missed on Saturday I wasn't um, I wasn't no I did beat us but the biggest takeaway from that game, which anyone who's watched rugby in the past couple of years could have predicted, was that Andrew fucking Brace would have a massive influence on it. And yet again, for Andrew Brace, made up a fucking law. <laughs> on mic, on camera, made up a fucking law. So I don't obviously I'm guessing you haven't you haven't seen the incident. So, so I, I actually turned I actually put the text, I knocked it off, I put the telly back on as he's explaining to Dave Cherry and somebody else that they need to calm the calm it down and that there was no instant there and just to have a scrum, I think it was. Oh yeah, and, uh, that's, that's not the, that's not even the one I'm talking about. Oh brilliant, okay. That's that's not even the worst decision. <laughs> Another one where they where even Jim Hamilton was going, well that's clearly a, a red card <laughs> for the Scottish player. Yeah. No, there was a worse one. So that. there was a ruck with uh the ball is at, I can't remember, I, I can't remember which Scarlet's player it is, but the ball is kind of underneath his waist, shall we say. Okay. And uh, Velikot calls it out, comes completely out of the Edinburgh line, so he stood on Kieran Hardy. And the ref says no. So Hardy puts his hands on the ball, but doesn't lift it. And Velikot knocks the ball out of his hands. Picks it up, feeds Graham, I think, and Darcy Graham scores a try. So they show the replay, and the ball is quite clearly still in the ruck, and Velikot never goes back on side. And still, Brace gives the try and says, the ball is not under his feet, is how he explains it. Jonathan Davis says, but the, ball, the ball's under his body. And he says, yeah, but the ball's got to be under his foot. Now, that's definitely not a law. Right? Has he never seen a rock before? I don't think he's ever seen a rugby game before. He's refing this weekend, and I kind of considered selling my tickets. I I don't know. Like, even if he'd gone, no, that's out, right? And even if it was out, Velikot's still offside. Yeah. Because he never he goes back on side mm. for like a second, then comes back out, and Bray still tells him not to play it because it's not out, and then he doesn't go back again. So he's offside regardless, even if that ball did then come out. But he would have been better because he was clearly wrong if he had just gone, no, it's out. I'm sorry, like, it's not in... The ball is out. But to just try and make up a law to justify why you don't think the ball is out just makes him look more like a prick. So it wound me up no end on Saturday. And just remind me, you lost by four points, yeah? We did lose by four points. You picked up a bonus point, which, yeah, without the incident... And I I will say, like, Edinburgh deserved to win. Yeah, they they were the best team. team. Yeah, Yeah, they looked dangerous with ball in hand, whereas we, we... and they said defensively we still looked a bit poor. Edinburgh did deserve the win, to be fair. But 
URC feels different and it feels new and it feels exciting. And that first weekend is built on that. What I don't want to be reminded of is that we've still got Pro 14 refs. <laughs> and it was a, it was like a big, like my whole Saturday imploded because I went, oh, fuck, we still got Ben Whitehouse as well. And then Mike like, Adamson is still Adamson, here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, my exciting weekend of rugby dissolved into... Ah, oh, but the fucking referees, though. I don't know who the ref... I don't know his name. The guy that ref the monster game. He's that young Welsh guy. Um, He wasn't awful. Was it Craig Evans? Craig Evans? Yeah, maybe. He wasn't terrible. I mean, Monster got a lot of penalties off the scrum, so I wasn't complaining about it. But from what I saw watching it back, genuinely, I didn't think he was terrible, which I guess the... is like the best you can say for a Pro 14 ref. <laughs> yeah, if, if a ref goes mostly unnoticed, I think he's done a really good job. Yeah. And Craig, his, his knowledge of the game is exceptional right the way down. Mm. Because he, I think there's, I'm right in saying about there's only three professional refs in Wales now. Now that Nigel's retired. Ben, and one of them is Ben Whitehouse. Ben Whitehouse, Adam Jones and, and Craig Evans, I think. Yeah. I might be wrong. Um, but talking to him, he knows the laws right the way down. Because I've been at an event that he was at where someone asked him, well, where would you stand for a line out? And he said, at what age? And explained why, as he went through the age grades and the line out rules yeah. changed, he would stand in different places on the pitch. So he could watch different things, yeah. and it makes so much sense. And like, and he's he can quote like lo, like oh, maybe not word for word, but he understands and knows the laws for just about everything. So I'm a big fan of Craig Evans. I like Craig Evans a lot. Yeah, I thought it was there was no like at no point. I mean, you know, the crowd booed him a couple of times. Of course they did. Yeah, but, yeah um, that's part of it. Like, yeah, but there was no expected. like there was no like uh, he's had a howler kind of moments. Um, I didn't think anyway. And that's exactly it. Like they, they're humans. They, they're going to make mistakes. I also feel like I, I just want to explain something because I watched when I watched the Monster game back. There's a point where Monster are in uh, the Sharks twenty two about to throw into a line out that they may have scored off. I can't remember. Um, but and then and the crowd are booing and it sounds like we're booing Monster. And I, I want it on the record that what had happened was uh, a kid had gotten a ball and run out of the stadium and the stewards had like carted him back in and made him give the ball back to the ball boy. And we were booing the ball boy because they wouldn't let the kid keep the ball. We were not booing our own players. Uh, just want it on the record. fans booing their own players and trying to cover it up. But they usually, usually we would just leave. Usually monster fans just leave when things aren't going well. We don't we do boo our, the players, just leave. We do our booing with our feet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, there was just a kid that had gotten a ball and wasn't allowed to keep it. And, we didn't agree with that. I but that I love incidents like that. Like fans being funny is is the highlight of sport. Um and then we've got the, the the last regions to play this weekend and the first derby game. Dragons Ospreys down at Dave Parade. I was actually there, ill as fuck, supposedly coaching my son's team, and I was so ill and by the time we got down there I went. You could have to do it. I've got no chance. I've got no chance. But if I didn't go, we would have had a drop out and I couldn't upset. Decent atmosphere. As if my first game back since uh, since COVID. Mm. A really good atmosphere down there. Lots of people really there. And again, another decent game. I thought we'd had a, a repeat performance of the um, the Priestland thing because 
Webb went down very early and went off for an HIA. And I thought, ah, there's another player we've lost. But came back on. Very important. Good game. Did did, did you see any of that wall? Yeah, what's the what's the favourite of that game actually? And I thought that um <clears throat> like Webb going down was you look at him and you think, oh fuck, and then you realise it's Ross Moriarty. So you know, whoever was hit by Ross Moriarty is gonna be staying hit. So like potentially Webb coming on coming back on or staying off, either way, he's gonna be hurting. And as the pictures proved and the banter they had on uh, Instagram afterwards proved. There was a bit of a blow with his broke. I think he's got a broken nose on it, it looks like. Um, but I think the big thing to come out of that game was two Welsh internationals that potentially could play in the autumn, and that's Anscombe and Michael Collins, because I thought them two playing together were outstanding. Yeah, I watched I watched it. I'm not, and obviously I'm not Welsh, um, but I've always had like a bit of a... Um, like a second team thing for the Ospreys. I've always, you know, from back when they had Tommy Bow and Shane Williams, that was like when I was kind of seven, eight, nine, and Tommy Bow was playing there, and Shane Williams has was has is one of my favorite players of all time, mm. and it was it all felt. I just I always loved the Ospreys, um, and see, but like that in general, seeing them playing well again, I I find that really nice, and I'm, mm. I'm sure like from a Welsh perspective, it's it's nice to have you know, all of the regions, like, I feel like the Ospreys are playing better than they have done in, in ages. Mm-hmm. And just to see Gareth Anscombe back as well, obviously, again, I'm not Welsh and he doesn't play for, you know, he's going to be playing against me. It's not, mm. you know, but it was, you know, seeing players that are out for that long and, you know, it's kind of a similar thing with Snyman, but obviously Anscombe's one was much worse um, because Snyman's ACL injury wasn't that bad. It was the fact that he felt the need to then set himself on fire that was kind of kept him out for that bit longer but um but yeah it felt it was lovely to see him playing and to see him playing well and to see him looking comfortable he wasn't he didn't look nervous no I didn't think and I just I thought that was really nice as well yeah I think I I think I read it was was it 400 days he went without playing a game of rugby and you think like how well how much on top of his form he was obviously before that signing for signing for the Blues sorry signing from the Blues for the Ospreys going to that warm-up for that World Cup and obviously doing his knee against England and then not playing. But, but yeah, it's got to be two, it's two years and a few months later, isn't it? Yeah, and that's, just... it's a hell of a long time. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was lovely to see him back and playing well. Um, So early, obviously, into being back, it didn't look... I, I didn't feel nervous for him or, mm. I mean, you know, if I was Welsh or if I was an Ospreys fan, I might have felt nervous for him. But yeah, I just, I thought that was lovely. I thought it was really, really nice to see. Yeah. And what did you make of the Dragons as well? Because obviously, for me, the Dragons, I think, obviously, potentially have got a year this year where they could really try and kick on because I think they've got a lot of signings that are going to do well for them. Um, I'm surprised, obviously, that they, they've obviously been as the fourth region, I suppose, for so long. But I genuinely think this year they've got a chance of obviously creeping up that table a bit. Well, if you'd asked me at half time who was going to win that game, I would have said the Dragons. Mm. Um, you know, I I think it's kind of a, it's kind of the same thing with all the Welsh reasons. I I feel like they they all should be there or thereabouts, and then they they end up not being. And I and I know that there's a lot there's a lot said about money in Ireland and and stuff like that. And I understand that, but I think you know two of the regions have won the league more recently than Munster or Ulster have. And I think they can challenge. I think, you know, maybe are the the Dragons and the Ospreys going to be the two this year that you're kind of looking at for 
potential like potentially challenging for the trophy that's that's well, kind of what I thought watching that game yeah when we spoke about it last week I think we all predicted that Osprey would probably be pretty much the top region and then yeah. it was a match of a muchness between the Dragons and the Scarlets um yeah because I think on paper, looking at the, the signings that the, the Dragons have got, they should fare a lot better. Obviously, they you've got that back row, first choice back row of like um, Wayne Wright there, Moriarty there. You've got Ollie Griffiths, you've got Tane Basham. Like three of those four will start every week, and obviously the other one on the bench is going to be class. Yeah. With the Welsh players obviously going to be at club more than they were before now because of the way the international is going to run and the way the URC is going to run obviously potentially gives them a chance and then they've got great like options in the back with like Roberts and, and Jonah Holmes and stuff and they've so I, th- I think and someone like Ashton Hewitt is going to be flying I think this year as well with having a good pack in front of him so potentially potentially we'll have a better year and like you said I think you hit the nail on the head at half time you thought there was only going to be one winner yeah and I think the Ospreys I thought they played very well in the second half and I think the Ospreys now especially like if if Anscombe stays and and is playing, you know, carries on on the up because he's he's still it's still he's only just back and he played very well I thought mm. and if he obviously carries on that trajectory I could see them, you know I, I could see them get to the knockouts at, at least yeah. this season the Ospreys anyway. From a you said about you said all the signings that the Dragons made I think that kind of come back to bite them a little bit I think that's what didn't kind of, there was a lot of debuts. Yeah, and I think that's where they'll get stronger. And he said, players that come back in, they players like it. They looked very good to me. And he yeah. said that they, their heads went down where they had like twenty minutes where everything sort of went against them. There, there was a couple. Of, it was one of those ones as well as we came up to the last few minutes, and they had the the free kick, and they went scrum, and then it was a reset scrum, reset scrum, reset scrum, free kick, scrum, and I turned round to him and I went. This is going to end up in a, a penalty to the Ospreys. You can see it coming. And then sometimes exactly you can just feel happened. it, can't you? Yeah, sometimes yeah you, you can just could, feel you, it. You could see it was going to happen, and it was like, ah, oh, they shouldn't. But I thought they played Will Rowland. You talked about uh, Welsh internationals playing well for the Ospreys. Will Rowland's new signing, I thought he looked very good in a, in yeah. a losing Dragons team to give him a front football. And Carter. Um, I, I think they're going to have a, a great, a great season ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're good. gonna. I think they're gonna have a good season. I think Ospreys are gonna be there, there or thereabouts. Um, the Cardiff rugby team. Uh, I I don't know what to get. <laughs> they they they're the kind of team who I feel like they're a lot of fun and they score a lot of tries and they kind of remind me of Bristol in that way. Like they're just they're really fun to watch attack. But like, are they gonna win many games? I don't really know. I know they won that the weekend, but it 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 always yeah. feels a little bit like. It's built on sand a little bit, I think. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, you said as well about Basham. Obviously, Ollie Griffiths was the other. He started on the weekend and, and started very well. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I I don't think you can read too much into where the regions are from the first week of games because obviously it's the first week of games. But yeah, and there's a lot, and you know, you have to factor in the Lions players aren't back, and there's you know, yeah. there's a lot of them, um, a lot of Welsh Lions that are going to come back and they're going to they're going to make differences. But it's it's nice as well. The Ospreys still have like North and Lydia to come back. There's yeah. you know there's a lot happening. There's a lot. It yeah. it's I feel like it's less settled than you know Ireland didn't have as many lions. So well, I felt from a monster point of view anyway. It was the team was a lot more 
what you would expect to see consistently throughout the season. You know, obviously you have Dialende's not there at the minute and there's the couple of Lions and that's basically it. We have a really fit squad, like very few injuries for the first time in a long time. Uh, but with the regions, it feels like all of them, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts still. There's a lot to still, yeah. I feel like once it gets like, closer to Christmas and stuff, it's going to be a lot more, okay, this is this is what's happening and this is, you know, who's playing well and who isn't, I guess. Mm. And it, it feels like for the first time going into it a season as well that like it doesn't feel like going in or a downer no. a yeah. lot of the time as a as a regional fan, especially when you talk to other regional fans on Twitter. Um <laughs> it can feel like a bit of a slog, whereas going into this season it does generally feel a bit exciting. So I'm mm. I'm really looking forward to it. it's gonna be a good year. And let's not forget the Ospreys beat Leinster. That's a thing that happened. So if they can beat Leinster, they can beat anyone as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. I um everyone's in their own shield so we know that Wales is going to have at least one person representing like we're they're going to win a trophy Wales are going to win a trophy no matter what there's silverware for a region this year so it's all it's all good it's all I'd good. be very surprised if there wasn't one region in the playoffs and yeah. I wouldn't I also wouldn't be surprised if there was two I agree so fingers crossed I really hope so <laughs> and I um so we Leave it there for the, the ULC roundup. I'm not even going to look at any of the leagues this week. We'll just nah. leave it at that. Um, and then, you know, All Blacks win. Australia win. We were, we were all expecting that. So we'll move on to a feature that uh, you come up with, Wall, that uh, we're, go- we're going to do a first time. We're going to do a live. We're going to do a yeah. live The Gospel According to Patricia Vieira. So, Walt, do you want to explain the concept? So, a little while ago, we obviously got Patricia to give us some uh, opinions on people she actually met in or saw walking around Jersey when the Lions... I will say, I would have made more of an effort if I'd have understood the feature a bit more. And also, I I feel like it, you know, I had told Rory about all of those players already. So, it kind of, there was a bit of an unfair advantage there. Treated. Treated. (laughs) But I think you told all of us, I think, originally. But yeah, the... um, so it was just a case of obviously just getting some opinions on um, Patricia's sort of uh, first impression, I guess, on them, just by whether she actually had any interaction or just by looking at them. But um, we thought we'd do a live one, and I gave Patricia a list of, of five names to come up with. Um, and then the idea of today's uh, game is going to be that me and Steph are going to guess what Patricia is going to say um, and what her opinion is, and then Patricia can mark us on who would be the closest to her actual opinion. So... Um, the first name we'll go for on the list, um, he's been mentioned on the pod um, today, obviously, um, a lot. So it's RG Snyman. So, Steph, you can go first if you want. I'll just say, um, uh, so I went for a giant love child of the cowardly lion and torment from Game of Thrones who moved to Winston to honour his father by playing in a stadium named after him. Obviously, Tormund Park, isn't it? That's a... <laughs> yeah, I've never seen Game of Thrones, so... Oh, well, he's the big guy. <laughs> he's the big okay. guy. He looks like RG Snyman. <laughs> if... And the cowardly lion from Wizard of Oz. So for me, I said, uh, he's a god of a man. Glad to see him finally playing for my team. My friends love, it, love him now too, which actually is a shame. Yeah, I, I did. I What I said was that I'm sure he's a lovely man, but if he was walking towards me on the street at night or even in the day, I would shit myself a little bit. I think I'm closest to that. Yeah, you are. I think <laughs> so. I think so as well. Get in. One nil. 
so the second one was uh, Roman Antomac. Uh, I, I said, very French, good looking, miles better than his dad. I said, uh, beautiful human inside and out, but mostly out now his broken face is fixed. Yeah, I said, um, I was going to say something about how good looking he is, and then I didn't. I said, I love watching him play, but I'm much more interested in what hair products he uses and seeing photos of his dog. I was going to mention the dog. <laughs> but I feel like you still get that, though. You you did mention his, his face. Yeah. In. Uh, I'm so smashing it. Third up was Taniella Tupo. Steph, you go. Wasn't third up uh, cameo song. Um, I just I went nice and simple for this one. I went for one cool motherfucker. <laughs> I love Daniel Dupont. So <laughs> um, and mine was can he be my best friend? Legend, huge huge legs, best running prop in the world. I did. I just said he's such good vibes that he made Sweet Caroline more bearable, and that's saying something. I feel mm. like I feel like that one's a draw. You just Whoa. both mentioned the vibes. He's just such. A, he just has such good vibes. I did also say that he is probably the player I want most on my team right now, but I want him to play fly half. So, um, so well, I mean, for- to cover the inevitable Joey Carberry injury that's going to happen at some point <laughs> in the season. I was so nice about Gareth Anscombe coming back. I am a fucking Scarlet's player, okay? <laughs> a player fan. I wish I was a player. Um, <laughs> so, fourth, we've got what would probably be perceived as Patricia's least favourite rugby player in the world at the moment, Gavin Coombs. Um, so I went with the best player in the world ever. Why doesn't he start every game for Ireland? Can't believe he was overlooked by the Lions for some bloke called Sam. I, I do think he should have gone on the Lions tour, but that's a story for another time. Um, I, I went quite not so. I went for the greatest living player on earth. I didn't go forever. I just said that I think he is an unfair advantage because I don't think you should be allowed to go into a game with a guaranteed five-point head start. But he plays for my team, so I don't really mind. I, I think that's neither of us. He, he's not. Like, like, look, he's he's my probably is my... He's probably not my favourite current player. He's one of them. But he's not the best player ever yet. He's only 22, guys. Give him a few years. Come on. It's not whether he is, it's whether you were going to claim it. That's what I'm what... not. I'm not. Look, I, let's be realistic. Look, I've made wilder claims on you. Don't worry <laughs> uh, and then finally was Ben Youngs. So, Steph, go ahead. I said uh, cons- consistent touch finder, but really with a boot that never intended. However, he will end up with more caps than the New York Yankees club shop. And mine was, geez, how old is he now? Why is he still playing for England? Oh, yeah, because Eddie's his coach. Running, r- runs direct across the field and passes straight into touch as well. I said, I find it very comforting that someone can be that successful at their job and always still feel like he's a maximum of three passes away from throwing it straight into touch. <laughs> I, I mentioned like touch. I, I yeah. definitely... <laughs> it had to be. You have to mention it somewhere. Yeah. I mean... It, it was the only as soon as I saw Ben Young, I was like, well, he thinks it's strange such like this is the only thing. So I'm I'm claiming victory on that one. Yeah, you can Yeah, take I that. think so. And that makes me the overall winner as well. So I don't know where I win for that. But uh yeah, I I'd like to thank God and my mother. <laughs> so we'll wrap it all up and run roll off with our winners and wankers for this week as we always do. Um uh, let's have wankers first. We'll end on a high. 
Uh, Patricia, who's your one girl or one girl for this week? Um, I had, I did have extra chiefs. Uh, we've obviously discussed that at length. I, I'm not going to say the other one I had. Yeah, I'll go with extra chiefs. <laughs> well, uh, I had Exeter, uh, and then the one I mentioned earlier on about Da Young not having another ten on the bench because we had two injuries. Um, so I, a, a clean sweep. I've got Exeter, obviously, for obvious reasons. And uh, then I'll for his full his full title, uh, Andrew fucking Brace. <laughs> and let's have your winners then, Patricia. Um, just obviously monster, just the whole, just everything about it, just the whole being back there, <laughs> the the whole day, the day, it was just it, everything about it was was great, and more specifically, um, Simon Zebo, I just thought he was, I thought he was brilliant, and it was lovely to see him back, and. I got to watch Gavin Coombe score two tries in real life in person. That was very good as well. So yeah, just the whole monster thing, everything about it. Well, your winners. Uh, I got two. So first of all, um, a nod to Claire Malloy who um, retired from international rugby this week. Yeah. Um, great serving for Ireland. Brilliant player. Fucking um, sensational player. Yeah. I think it was seventy-four caps. I think she got international. Yeah. Obviously, she's retired. And the other one, more of a of a close to home one for the three of us is our mate, Robbie Squidge. Because he's smashing life as usual with his incredible videos. And the Quinn's video was probably the best I've seen. And the fact he's got so like fantastic feedback from people that are involved at Quinn's that were part of what they achieved last season is even better. So yeah, Robbie's my one for this week. Yeah, Jerry Flannery's clearly sent that video into the coach's WhatsApp group and yeah. just no one, no one deserves it more. He's just, he's incredible, isn't he? He's just yeah. the best. Yeah, no one deserves it more than he does. Now, I would say it's a fantastic achievement and it's brilliant. But he's reached, he's reached greater heights before. One of the greatest coaches in the world and half of his Springboks yeah. team. But no, amazing. Absolutely superb. I, I, mean, he, I mean, we forget that he was name-checked in a Springboks press conference a, a, a couple of months ago. Yeah. And, and he, he appeared in a documentary on... Fucking yeah. Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this one, this one was also cool. Basically, he's very successful and very good at what he does, and he's yeah. great, and he's the best. I'm just going to say, Rugby World made him like fiftieth of the most influential people in world rugby. If he hasn't got up at least ten places this time round, I'm going to fucking kick off because <laughs> top five, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want Yako Yohan number one. <laughs> Tony Robbie's, Rowe, number two. In, 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 like, in order of like the last week, Robbie's kind of like there with Simon's evil for me. It's like, yeah. it's, it's neck, it's neck and neck. <laughs> I know, super one. Like, it's one of those ones as well. Like, his videos, you feel like anyone could watch and get. Yeah. Like, it, there's no. Yeah, one of my friends over the summer, um, I was talking to one of my friends about Robbie because he's one of my friends. And um, she was asking me what he does. And I was, I'm, I kind of explained it to her and she's she's not into rugby. She doesn't know anything about it. And we sat and watched one of his videos and she was like, that was really, really good. And then she subscribed to the YouTube channel and she like texts me now that, oh, I'm watching one of Robbie's videos. And yeah, she does, I've, she's never watched Well, I've got my my son watches some because uh, he sort of dips in and out of rugby. And that's one of the things. And, and he also watches um, Sam Lana's yeah. uh, whiteboard videos as well. Like that's his two is to rugby things because it usually won't sit down and watch a full game like, he loves playing and he'll dip in and out of a game but he will watch their videos so it's great because that's exactly what the game needs yeah. it's what should be done at the top 
Robbie's doing a job for them. Yeah, like he's getting kids engaged in rugby in a way that the top unions and organisations are not. So he is fucking massive for our game. So yeah. loads of love for for Robbie. Uh, my winners for this week, uh, URC because I was excited about it. It looked like a, a new, better product than what we had before. And then the first weekend was better than we had before. I do still have to call it the URC, though, because if I try and say it out, it's going to be Ultimate Rugby Championship yeah, every time. I, I, they need to bite the bullet and just call it that. <laughs> every time it. I was saying it, and and you don't even realise you're saying it. So it's, say- it's the yerk, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I said it on a... Um, a Zoom call with Tom Shanklin while he was there for Premier Sport. <laughs> <laughs> I still called it the Ultimate Rugby Championship, but I was like, you prick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, 50 tries, or more, I think it was more than 50 tries in the end, and then over 400 points scores. Absolutely superb. Yeah. The fact that Jay-Z and Beyonce might have been watching, uh, be, be that in mind, if they're checking their investments, there were, could have been a point this weekend where Jay-Z and Beyonce were watching URC TV stream a game live from Rodney Green. Do you Parade. think, who do you think, I was going to say, who do you think they're watching? Because I think he's, he's got to be watching the Monster game if he's watching one. I don't think he's watching Munster, is he? He doesn't know anything about these teams, so you think, oh, sounds the most exciting to him. And I think a team's got a fucking dragons in it. <laughs> yeah, with the Sharks. What about the Sharks? And he doesn't know where an Osprey is. I didn't know where an osprey was until they got named the team and I had to Google it. And I was like, oh, they're, they're birds mostly in Scotland. But all well, I'm well, going to zeb- say is... Zebras and, li- zebras and lions were playing. It zebras like, and lions, yeah. That's like a, a good show. That's a David Attenborough documentary, that one. I'm all, I'm gonna say Madagascar. Is, all I'm going to say is, I have seen Beyonce on the South Stand at the Arms Park, so she's probably going to be a Cardiff rugby Paul O'Connell was at the uh, was at the Monster game on Saturday, and if Jay Z had showed up as well, I still know who everyone would have been more excited to see in Limerick. So, <laughs> um, my another one of my winners is Anscom because yeah. two years yeah. out, two years to wait to make a debut, played very well. I still think his pass was forward, but we'll leave that go. Second half especially, he looked very good, and. Um, yeah, it's great to see him back and finish the game and come off a sub and walk off the pitch because it was kind of like art in most time as a as a Welsh rugby fan. And 70 minutes as well, which is impressive. Yeah. And then my final winner for this week is Patricia because it's so nice to see her with a big happy smile on her face now that she's back at Tolman Park. Like, you've talked with so much passion and joy about being back there and that's what it should be all about. So It's what the- I've been waiting for. Yeah, and all the grumpy pricks, mostly on Welsh Twitter, who complain about, well, there's not a game in my town, or there's not a game of there, and I don't want to sit in this stand, I want to sit in the other stand, and my team's called something slightly different and I, to what I want it to be called. Or the people in Scotland who are complaining because they've moved and they haven't got as many Friday night kickoffs as they thought they could have. Like, this is what rugby's all about, just turning up. I didn't get home. I dro- So I drove down and I drove back. I didn't get home until half one in the morning. My knee, which was recently dislocated, was fucked from all the driving. And I would have driven 10 times the distance to go. We're going again this weekend. And if they said the game's in, you know, France, if they've moved Thoman Park to France, I'd drive to France. Well, like, obviously, Ems travelled down from Newcastle to yeah. watch a Blues game. Then we've got, like, Followers on my Twitter who've travelled from Scotland. Then Marty, who used to travel from Italy to
to watch the Scarlets play. And then people are complaining that, oh, my bus leaves 10 minutes after the full-time whistle, so I can't have a pint. Fuck off. But like, yeah. either you want to turn up and watch it or you don't. Stop making excuses for why you're not going to be there. Then even add into like last, like last week where we, when we had ice on there, who's a Dragons fan who lives in either. Like, yeah. People, people, if you love your club, you're going to travel, aren't you? You're going to go to the games and you're going to go to it. Isolde who's had to sit on a plane full of Leinster fans, having just watched their team be fucking annihilated by Leinster. <laughs> and being the only Dragon fan, I was going to say on the plane, but realistically, the only Dragons fan in fucking Ireland. Like, yeah. And then people are complaining because the game kicks off slightly. Yeah, I don't get like, I really don't get it. If you, if you want to go, surely you want to go. Yeah. The rest of it doesn't matter. Exactly. And so I kind of ended on a down after saying we'll do winners to end on a high note and I still ended up with a rant. So um my my throat feels like it's just about to give out. <laughs> so I'm gonna end it there anyway. Um thank you all for joining me as always and for setting this up. Thanks so much, Patricia. I'll obviously all no, thanks for having me. On. I would love having you on you, so you're always welcome back. And um thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks so much. Bye. You've been listening to Rock and Roll. If you've stuck with us this far, leave us a review. Follow us, not just you, but on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And drop us a message. You're a pretty friendly bunch. It'll be great to hear from you no matter what you want to say. And we'll see you next time. Thanks very much for listening. Bye for now. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.